0: Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dadaya. So um, it is about 4 o'clock Central Time, and the reason I'm bringing that up is because we got some kind of late-breaking news that Kingsley Kiki was just released. I have a feeling um, if information doesn't break while I'm doing this, we're going to get some more information uh, after the podcast. So, if you're wondering why I seem less informed than I should be, that would be why. I don't have the information yet. Um, some people are very casually saying, well, yeah, we just have to make room for more guys. You don't start with Kingsley Kiki. Kingsley Kiki was being groomed to be the number two defensive tackle on this team, um, was supposed to be the number two defensive tackle on this team, and for a while, I think was the number two defensive tackle on the team. Um, You know, Dean was having a pretty good year and and all that kind of stuff, but that's sort of a new development and largely has to do with the fact that Kingsley hasn't been playing very much. It's the reason Dean has been getting so many opportunities along with Tyler Lancaster, et cetera, et cetera. So that does not answer that question, right? If you're going to cut somebody, you don't start with Kingsley Kiki. That would be like cutting Alan Lazard and being like, yeah, dude, well, you got to make space because we got guys coming back. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I will say... There have been some issues um, with injuries, first of all, but also seemingly some other things. Um, I don't want to speculate too much as to what those things are, um, partially because it's unnecessary until we actually get more information. But I do expect it to have something to do with, um, not because he's not performing well, which is another thing a lot of people are assuming. Well, he just wasn't really panning out. Mm. No, that's not how that works. We've had a lot of guys pan out a lot less than Kingsley Kiki, get a lot. I mean, Ty Summers. Why, why didn't we cut Ty Summers? Ty Summers has been far less productive. We never use him, and he's been injured. You get what I'm saying? Oh, Joe Barry right now. Just got asked that question, and he's refusing to answer. So, yeah, he basically, uh, Joe Barry, first question as soon as he got up there, was asked about it, um, just deflected it and said, you know, I'm not going to comment on that. That's between Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur, and they came to the decision. Um, So, again, this is not because of production on the field. This is something to do with something else. Um, Maybe it's injuries, but even that seems not quite right. Lots of guys. I mean, Aaron Jones had many, many injuries. for Kevin King, many, many injuries for several years and not a very high producer. Still on the team to this day. Um, there, there is something else going on with Kingsley Kiki. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's something that he did wrong. Maybe it's just a a mental headspace that he's in. That's not quite right. Um, a lack of desire. I I don't know. And again, I I don't want to, I don't want to speculate too much because I don't want to cast aspersions on a situation that I don't understand. Um, but all that to say, there's something else going on. I don't know what that is. And I don't know if we're necessarily going to find out fully what it is, but, um, you know, it's it's something. There has been some talk. Um, I know JJ has kind of pointed out a couple things that have been going on on Twitter. He was uh, very rapidly crucified for putting those things out there for, um, for saying things that I guess people didn't want to hear or didn't want to believe or whatever, um, but essentially alluding to the fact that he was kind of doing some stuff that wasn't great. And that uh, the reason that he wasn't playing several games was not even due to injuries. It was due, due to him doing things off the field that are not appropriate. So again, I don't know fully if that has to do with this. Maybe it's a uh, compilation of things. Maybe it's a pile of different things. It's the injuries. It's the production. It's the it's the off-the-field stuff. It's a mental headspace. It's It's all these things put together. I don't know. But anyways... Um, that is unfortunate, you know, uh, when you're kind of got the little tally marks of guys that, I mean, you only get so many opportunities to bring in young talent, and, and he was a guy that was kind of teetering, and you were hoping was going to go that right way, you were hoping eventually it was going to break to him being a real good pick and a real productive player, even if he's not Kenny Clark, even if he's not an elite player, um, you just get those guys. I mean, even like Lancaster and Lowry, you know, get those guys that can be producers for the team. um, but when you get a pick like that, that just is cut from the team. Um, I mean, he's, he's just gone. And now going forward, that's, that's another need that needs to be filled that didn't necessarily need to before. I'm not saying we didn't need a defensive tackle, but it becomes a bigger need because it's not just a talent thing, which now there is a bigger talent gap, but there's also a, a depth need because it's just a, a body that's gone. On top of the fact that guys like Lowry are kind of getting up in age and they're not going to be here forever. So you got to start looking, you know, it's just, it's all that stuff. But anyways, um, aside from that, not a huge amount of information. Um, The one kind of big piece of info, I don't really have any real details on, but uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was downgraded to uh, did not practice. So he was limited on Tuesday, did not practice on Wednesday. So again, I don't know exactly what that means, but generally when you're downgraded, that's not great news. Um, So we'll see. Again, I don't want to rehash everything I said yesterday. We'll we'll just kind of play it by ear as far as um, who ends up coming back, who ends up not playing. But um, I'm trying to keep my expectations low, although that's basically impossible. But I'm doing my best to keep my expectations low because if it turns out that very few of the people we've been excited for play, that's going to that's gonna crush me a little bit. So um, my advice to you is to do what I'm doing and just assume that nobody's coming back. And if somebody comes back, that's great news. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. But anyways, um, I want to get that out of the way. I want to pick up right where I left off yesterday. Again, as I mentioned, there was something that I had spent a good amount of time talking about, and then I realized I kind of was off base a little bit. Um, So I want to try to do that again today, but um, do it properly. Uh, Where we left off yesterday, I was going through the whole DVOA thing looking at it from a sort of week-to-week standpoint, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there was something else I found interesting, you know, because some of that, it wasn't necessarily negative. It was just kind of a, let's just take a step back and realize we don't exactly know anything and we can rank things and sort things however we want, but it's it's just, it's different every day, every week. We Who knows? We had also looked at several days ago um, from a DVOA standpoint. Again, this is just one metric. It's not a perfect metric, but it's, it's one of those where if you're looking for a predictive statistic, this is up there with one of the best. If you're looking for sort of scouting material, PFF is probably the best you're going to find, you know, grading on a play-to-play basis and whatnot. Um, And I had mentioned that Green Bay doesn't actually rank super high in terms of DVOA. Now, again, that doesn't really matter. If it mattered, Dallas would have crushed San Francisco and they absolutely did not. But there's all different kinds of ways of looking at this, right? Last time we looked at DVOA, we looked at the overall, but then we started looking at since this week, right? And then there's offensive, there's defensive, there's special teams, there's there's different ways of looking at it. But here's another way. If you look at overall offensive DVOA with the, um, let's just use the NFC teams that are remaining. Tampa Bay is number one, number one offense at 26.7. Green Bay is number two at 20.2. So you can see how drastic of a difference that is. 20.2, that's pretty wild. San Francisco is a really big drop, about the same drop, 14.9. The Rams are at 10.6. So they're all pretty evenly spaced in terms of pretty massive drops. Tampa Bay, 26. Green Bay, 20. San Francisco, 14. And the Rams, um, 10.6. By the way, all of them are in the top eight as far as offense overall. So all of them are the top, top offenses. But there's still pretty drastic differences, even within the top eight. If you look at defensively, the Rams are ranked fifth at negative 8.3. So already, we're we're pretty drastically different, right? The best team, remember, Tampa Bay was 26% uh, better than your average offense on offense. The number one defense here is Buffalo at negative 18. But the Rams are fifth at minus eight. San Francisco is seventh at minus seven. Tampa Bay is ninth at minus 3.5. Green Bay, you got to go all the way down to 22nd at 3.6% worse than your average offense. However, again, we can add a little bit more context to this. Not only can we look at it from a week-to-week standpoint and say, well, let's look at midweek point, let's look at the last five weeks. What about this? How about home and away? Because some teams are playing at home, some teams are playing away. If we look at, for example, Tampa Bay and the Rams... It's not simply, so for example, offensive DVOA, you have Tampa Bay number one at 26.7, and uh, the Rams are sitting here at 10.6. So there's a uh, 16.1% difference in terms of overall offensive DVOA. But Tampa Bay's at home, the Rams are on the road. Well, at home, Tampa Bay has a 33.4% DVOA. The Rams are at 7 So Tampa Bay, so they're already, even just generally, they're um, 16.1% difference. When you look at home and away, the difference goes from that to 7, the Rams at 7, Tampa Bay at 33.4. That is an unbelievably drastic difference. On the defensive side of things, the Rams actually have a better defense, minus 8.3, Tampa Bay minus 3.5. Now, this is where it gets kind of interesting. The Rams actually have, have done a much better job on the road at minus 12.2. Tampa Bay, though, goes from 3.1 on the road to negative 10.6 at home. Negative 10, temp- they're actually the fourth best defense when they're at home. So even the defenses kind of balance out a little bit. The uh, Based on this, the Rams still have a slightly better defense. But when you factor in how drastically better the offense is, that's pretty massive. But it's not just those two teams. What's most important here is the fact that Green Bay is not only involved in this, and we got to look at them, but Green Bay gets home field advantage no matter what. So in this particular matchup, when we look at San Francisco and the Green Bay Packers, again, total DVOA just right out of the gate, Green Bay is at 20.2%, and San Francisco is at 149 So we're talking about roughly between 15 and 20, about 5%. It's, it's 5.3% overall. However, San Francisco drops to 11.3 when they're on the road. Green Bay goes from 20.2 to 30.5. They go up 10%, 10 10.3% to be precise. So it goes from a 5% difference, just offense, to a 19.2% difference. If you look at the defensive side of things, as I mentioned, San Francisco uh, is a negative 7, which is 7% better than your average defense. Green Bay is 3.6% worse. However, on the road... Uh, San Francisco doesn't drop off too much, but they do go down to a 6.4. Green Bay, however, is 4.6% better. They're home in a way on defense in particular. Well, I shouldn't even say that because offense is drastic as well, but they are 9.9% worse than your average defense when on the road, 4.6% better than your average defense at home. That's a a, a 14.5, 14.7% swing just on defense. And so comparatively, the, the Packers are sitting at minus 4.6, San Francisco's minus 6.7. Again, San Francisco's still a slightly better defense, but it basically averages out on defense, very similar to what I said about Tampa, uh, where the defense is, is basically balanced out, but the the strength is so far in the favor of the Green Bay Packers on offense that it puts the Packers wildly ahead. But remember, it's not just that, which is already exciting. It's the fact that If we win this game against the San Francisco 49ers, we can continue on with the next team. And no matter who that is, we still get this home field advantage. And the other team is on the road. And this is where I got lost in the weeds last time as I started talking so much about Tampa that it's like, you know, San Francisco's our opponent, right? And I was like, oh, shoot. I got so hung up on Tampa. But again, just remember, regardless of the team, if if the Rams win, they drop from a 10.6 down to a 7% on offense, right? 10.6 just being their average. Defensively, the Rams supposedly get better on the road, whatever, but but I think the biggest thing here is Tampa because the, the, the difference for Tampa is they're they're going from a home team to a road team. That's where the biggest drastic difference is for them. The the difference between them and LA is LA has been playing on the road. And so if they play on the road and they win on the road, it's not going to be necessarily different when they come here. I mean, it's a colder environment. It's a different environment. I get all that. But the point is, they've been on the road. Tampa, when we watch them just smoke everybody, and let's say they beat the Rams, people are going to assume the same thing happens when they come to Green Bay, but you're not factoring in the fact that their their offense, just their offense goes from not 26 down to 20. They've been at home. It goes from 33.4 down to 20. That's 13% drop in offensive production. Their defense, their defense in particular is, well, it's very similar to the Packers. They're both drastic, but 10.6%, which is one of the best defenses at home, to 3.1% worse than your average team. 10.6% better than your average, down to 3.1% worse. That is massive. The Packers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have one major thing in common, and that is they are a completely different team at home completely different team at home. And so you're going to see one of the better teams um, in the NFL become a not super great team. In fact, they dropped down to 16th, and that's just compared to other road teams. Just compared to other road teams, they're they're just barely average. If you compare that to an average team looking just at total DVOA, um, they would be down in like the low 20s range, 21, 22, 23 overall. They've been quite bad defensively. And again, I know it's confusing talking so much about Tampa. I don't want to get too lost in the weeds or, or, or just get too far ahead of ourselves, but it is pretty drastic. And so I want to spend a little bit of time on it, especially since I really uncovered some stuff here that I found very interesting. If you look at Tampa Bay, because you would think, okay, well, this should, you should be able to just see this blatantly so that people would know about it. And I'm sure Tampa Bay fans know about it and all that, but maybe some Packer fans don't. If you look at their biggest wins, let's just say, And I just read them off to you in terms of home or away. Here's what it would sound like. Home, 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 away. Home, home, away. Home, home, away. Home. And then, and by the way, what I just read to you is every score over 30 30 points or higher. So all those games were from best to worst. And in the exact order I read them, 48, 45, 41, 38, 38, 33, 32, 31, 31, 30, 30. Okay, that's everything I just read to you. The, the remaining scores are as follows, 28-28, 27-24, 19-19-0. Ready? Away, 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 away. And then the one at the bottom is home. That was the game against the Saints. But, but listen to that. Every single game that they scored under 30, with the exception of the Saints, who are just a weird team that has them completely pegged, every single one of the games that they scored under was an away game. Every single one. And they're not even, necess- it's not even like, well, they played really good teams. This is the New York Jets. The first one here is the Jets. After that is the Eagles. I mean, that's mediocre. Then you got the Saints. Then you got the Rams. Then you have Washington. Then you have the Patriots. And then you have the Saints again. Every single one of their losses, with the exception of that Saints game, was when they were on the road. And by the way, it's similar on defense. If we go from the opposite direction, Uh, In other words, the best overall scores. So we're talking 3, 6, 9, 10, 15, 17, 17, 17, 17, etc, etc. Here's how you would read it if it was just home and away. Ready? Home, away. Home, home, home. Away, away. Home, home. Away, away. Home, home, away. Home, away, away, away. The only games where they allowed 30 or more points were on the road. There's only three of them. Against at the Colts, at the Rams, at the Saints. Those are the only games they allowed 30 points. Once again, with the exception of the Saints... All of their losses are right up at the top. They lost to Washington, giving up 29 points. They lost to the Rams, giving up 34. They lost to the Saints, giving up 36. They were on the road. So there's no question they've got some really, really impressive games. But if you just look at their away games and look at the scores and everything else that they've got, um, I mean, their record isn't bad. They're one, two, three, four, five. They're six and three. So that's fine. Um, you got uh, a 32-6 to game, but then you've got 19-17, 30-17, 28-22, 28-24. They lost 19-29. to They have a 38-31, to and then they lost 24-34 and 27-36. And, and I know some people are, uh, I, I already know the retort, right? Why would you even bother saying that? Because they came to Green Bay last year and kicked the living daylights out of us. So it's, it's useless to assume that home field advantage means anything. Okay, well, let's talk about that you know my automatic retort is going to be that 2020 is not 2021. However, they're similar enough. It's basically the same team. There's no reason to believe there's that big of a difference. All right, well, let's, let's consider that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, if you're talking about... Let's just do this real quick. Let me reset this so we can look at this properly. If we just use point differential, for example, as a metric, right? But remember, point differential is how badly you beat the living daylights out of the teams that you go up against. Tampa Bay this year ranks fourth, 158. There's Buffalo, Dallas, New England, and then Tampa. That's the order. After that, it drops down Kansas City, 116. It's a massive drop-off after, after Tampa Bay. If you look just at home teams, though, at, at, at playing at home, number one is Tampa, number three is Green Bay. Again, both of these teams are way at the top when you're talking about at home. What about on the road, though? Where does Tampa Bay rank when they're on the road in terms of point differential? You know where they rank? Twelfth. Twelfth. They have a point differential of 29, which is about two points a game. After that, you have Tennessee with a point differential of 7, then Seattle at 2, and then Denver at negative 11. There are two teams between them and and basically negative point differential. They're right at that average mark, just just barely above it. And yes, the Packers are at negative 32, but again, they're at home. Again, I know what you're thinking. What does this have to do with the fact that they beat the living daylights out of us last year? Well, that's just laying the foundation for what they are this year. Let's look at what they did last year. Last year, when you look at point differential overall, Green Bay was number three. They were a powerhouse team. Tampa was number four, 137 overall, right? So well, why would we ever assume that we would be better than them? Last year, we were better than Tampa and we lost. Well, because that's overall. If you look at them when they were on the road, number one. They were the number one road team, point differential of 100. The second highest was the New Orleans Saints at 90. They were dominant on the road. I don't know what makes that difference. I don't know what that is. I don't know why some teams are better at home than on the road or or what exactly makes that go. I'm just telling you, last year we had home field advantage and we went up against a team that was the best road team in football and we lost. It was almost as if we didn't have home field advantage and that sucked this year is a different year. The only team that has similar um, point differentials on the road as Tampa did last year is Buffalo and Arizona. After that, Cincinnati's at 74. Um, Philadelphia's gone. Dallas has gone. Indy's gone. New England's gone. And then you have the Rams at 41, which is not that impressive. Then you have San Francisco at 34, Tampa at 29. Again, Green Bay at negative 32. You know what's really funny about that? If you look at 2020, so, so keep this in mind, okay? The 2021 Packers were better than the 2021 Packers overall. They were better. If we just go in order of the last two years, just, kinda, just to kind of rank where all the teams are and were and all that kind of stuff. Um, 20, 2021 Tampa would be fifth overall. We're talking every single team from 2020 and 2021. 2021 Tampa is fifth overall then you have 2020 Green Bay, then you have 2020 Tampa, and then you got, uh, let's see, I don't know, a bunch of other teams. And then down here at 19th is going to be the 2021 Green Bay Packers. So the 2020 Packers had a point differential overall of 140. The 2021 Packers are 79. However, when you're talking about playing at home, the 2021 Packers are better than the 2021 Packers. Looking at home, the last two years... 2021 Tampa, again, who will not be playing at home if they win this week and the Packers win. 2021 Dallas, who's already been eliminated, and then 2021 Green Bay Packers, 111 point differential. The 2020 Packers are fifth at a 97 point differential. So think about that. The 2021 Packers overall were significantly better than the 2021 Packers. They also were much better at home, right? You can even see it here. They were very good at home but the drastic nature of how much better the packers are at home compared to away is massive. Meaning so so if we put those two things together and again I'm getting hung up on Tampa but but this this is it's how I choose to illustrate this because it's very pronounced with Tampa. Home field advantage means more this year. It it means more this year than it did last year. We 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 had home field advantage last year, no question. We were a better team when we played at home but we are a better home team this year than we were last year. And Tampa is a much worse road team than they were last year, right? And so we we talk about point differential and and stuff and say, well, the Packers aren't that high, but you got to remember, they're playing at home, the other teams aren't. So if you wanted to compare point differential more properly or DVOA or whatever, you look at Green Bay's point differential at home compared to everybody else's point differential on the road. What would that look like? Well, remember, the Packers at home have a 111 point differential. And that is in eight games also, by the way. A 111-point differential in eight games mean they win by about 14 points on average per game. If you compare that to the other three teams that we either are playing or will be playing, um, San Francisco, who's coming up next, has a 34-point differential on the road, right? Because that's the comparison. It's us at home compared to them on the road. So a uh, 34-point differential, uh, across nine games is about 3.7. Call it four points. Four points per game compared to us at 14 points per game. The Rams are at 41 and Tampa is actually the lowest at 29. So the, the vast difference between how good the Packers are at home compared to how good these teams are on the road is massive. It's massive. Again, the doesn't mean we're going to win. It doesn't mean anything's automatic, but that is important. And if people want to keep dragging up history, let's talk about history. Let's talk about the pros and cons. Let's talk about the differences. And one of the major differences, major differences is the quality of the teams. And you could say, well, the 2020 Packers were better than the 2021 Packers. In certain areas, they were. But again, let's let's drag up a little bit more context. If you want to use point differential, if you want to use DVOA, that's fine. But tell me how good the Packers were at home compared to this team at home this team is better at home, offensively and defensively. You know about the Packers' wins and losses and all those things. You know about the good games and the bad games. But let's just highlight what the Packers have done when they were at home. 37-10 against Minnesota, 24-22 against the Browns, 45-30 against the Bears, 36-28 against the Rams, 17-0 against the Seattle Seahawks, 24-10 24-10 to against Washington, 27-17 against Pittsburgh, and 35-17 against um, the Detroit Lions. So defensively, they gave up 30 points once, and that was to the Bears, right? That wasn't great. You don't want to give up 30 points to the Bears. Outside of that, you had a 28 against the Rams. That sucks. But again, in both of those cases, 45 points from the offense and 36 points from the offense. But aside from that, we had 22, uh, 17-17, 10-10-0. Those are remarkable Defensive performances, by the way. On the road is where the Packers' defense really got beat up. You got a 38 points against the uh, the Saints. You have 28 against San Francisco. You've got 34 against the Vikings, 30 against the Ravens, 37 against Detroit. Those are the, the real big ones. We only had one that got to the 30s, and it was exactly 30. And again, offensively, offense had, had several good games on the road. They had a 30, a 31, a 31, and a 30. So they, they had four times gotten into the 30s, no higher than 31, But at home is when they had their really big games, right? Anything above that, 35 against Detroit was at home, Uh, 36 against the Rams was at home, 37 against the Vikings was at home, and 45 against the Bears was at home. So again, with all these things, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it, but let's just try to look at it in its proper context, especially for the negative people saying, well, look at how good these teams are and look at how bad the Packers have been. Okay, okay as long as you're comparing it properly. And don't give me any, this is the other thing that annoys me is, is people want to sound, and I know this isn't everybody, but there's a lot of people who want to sound pessimistic. And again, they want to pretend that their pessimism makes them uh, more uh, intellectually honest or whatever their claim is. But then one of their one of the things that they'll bring up is the Rogers is 0-3 against the 49ers in the playoffs. What a stupid and useless stat that is. That is the dumbest stat I've ever heard in my entire life. The most recent, the most recent, was two years ago, and um, just if we just stop right there, we have more recent data. I don't know if you knew that. We have, and that's the other thing that's so stupid about this. If I say we just beat them the last two times in a row, well, that doesn't count because it was they had injuries and stuff. So you're saying it doesn't count because it wasn't exactly the same. But you're going to go back to 2019. 2013 and 2012. Somehow that makes that that is you being intellectually honest. But talking about this very year, that that doesn't count because the the San Francisco is different now. But you can talk about 2012. That is such a stupid stupid thing. Again, if you want to bring up 2019, fine. But we have two more recent games than that both of them were in the Packers' favor. And it's so obvious why you don't want to talk about the most recent. It's not because, well, they don't line up perfectly. There's been different players that have been hurt and this and that and the other thing. Because again, 2019 was a vastly different roster for both the Packers and the 49ers. It's because you don't want to mention that the Packers are 2-0 against the San Francisco 49ers the last two years, because it gives the impression the Packers might actually win and might be a better team. And what you want to prove is that they're not as good. So you'd rather look at 2019, 2012, and 2013. That makes more sense to you. Okay. Because Colin Kaepernick, Frank Gore, Michael Crabtree, Vernon Davis, Randy Moss, Ted Ginn, Delaney Walker, that, that, that is more relevant to this than what happened just a few months ago. This is stupid. And you know it's stupid. This has no, no bearing on anything. The, the only reason people bring this stuff up, well, I, again, they bring it up because they want to they wanna just have some information that says the Packers are going to lose. But it's, it's, it's just voodoo. This is voodoo. What does what 2012 and 2013 tell me about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers' ability to beat the San Francisco 49ers this Saturday? Well, what it means, they're 0-3, not because sometimes you're just 0-3, right? I mean, you look at the history of, of the uh, Packers against any team, and there's going to be some kind of a weird thing, especially if we're talking three games. There's a good chance. There's not that many outcomes. Three wins and three losses are two of just a handful of outcomes, right? There's zero wins. There's one win, two wins, or three wins. That's four potential outcomes. So there is a 25% chance that the Packers are 0-3. But for some reason, we have to think that there's some weird cosmic voodoo that Aaron Rodgers just can't seem to get over this hump. Aaron Rodgers just cannot seem to beat the San Francisco 49ers, no matter how many times he tries, even though it's literally only been three. It's, it's the most irrational nonsense ever. This is not the Jim Harbaugh, San Francisco 49ers. In fact, there are very few similarities. This is not Aaron Rodgers, Greg Jennings, and Dewan Harris. By the way, two of those three times were in San Francisco. The only time the Packers were at home was 2013 when the Packers were 8-7-1. and one. They limped into the wild card. And the only reason we had home field advantage is because we won the division because our division was trash. But the San Francisco 49ers were a 13-win team it was the 8 and 7 Packers against the what 12 and 4 San Francisco 49ers and we only played it in Green Bay because again we won the division and they were second behind the Seattle Seahawks. We we had no real reason of being in the playoffs. And yes, we got spanked. So 2012 on the road obviously it was a terrible situation. We got beat by the forty, it just it is what it is. The offense got completely buckled. You you, I don't need to repaint that picture for you of Colin Kaepernick breaking like seven hundred different records. You understand how that went. The defense completely imploded. The very next year, we had a bad football team that never should have been in the playoffs. They got beat by a far superior team. And and again in 2019, it was a pretty similar situation. It wasn't that we were a bad team, but we were not quite the fully fleshed-out version of what the Packers are now. 2020 and 2021 are better years than 2019. 2019, it was the year that everybody said we had a fraudulent record. Why? Because a lot a lot of these games were close games that we probably didn't deserve to win, but won anyways. All right, we barely beat the Washington Redskins, who are not very good at football. Barely beat the Detroit Lions. One-score game with the Chicago Bears. Uh, remember, we beat the Lions with, like, zero... We we led... We, we never led in either of those games and we won both of them. And San Francisco was just a complete powerhouse that year. A complete powerhouse, which again is not the same as they are this year. If we if we back up this whole point differential thing for the, for 3 years, 2019, 2020, and 2021. And we look at home teams because remember San Francisco was playing at home, we were on the road. San Francisco 102 was their point differential. Absolute powerhouse for the entire season, but at home that's what they were. Which, by the way, still not as good as the 2021 Packers when they're at home. Think about that for a second. San Francisco was a very good team in 2019. They were an even better team when they were at home. A 102 point differential. Green Bay is at 111. Actually, they might be slightly ahead because we're talking about... No, we're not talking about one less game. It's still eight because our one extra game was um, on the road. You know where the 2019 Green Bay Packers ranked while on the road? What their point differential was in 2019? It was 14. So you had the 14-point differential Green Bay Packers in 2019, which is a positive point differential. They're still winning, going up against a powerhouse 102-point differential when playing at home San Francisco 49ers, which, by the way, is kind of similar to what the 49ers are walking into when they come into our house. This, This has and I wish we could just embrace this, and I know we're scared, and I get that, and that's, that's fine, but at least pretend to be brave online, because this has the makings of a perfect revenge game. It really does. This is set up almost perfect. The San Francisco 49ers on the road in 2021 are better, right? We were at a 14-point differential. They're at 34. But remember, we're better at home than they are. The differential between our differentials is 77. We're 77 points better than they are over eight games. And actually, that's not even true because their ninth game was on the road. So let me do a little bit of math here. On a per-game basis, they're sitting at 3.7777777. So really, if you adjust that for eight games, they're sitting at about 30.2. So the differential between us is 81. The differential between the 2019 49ers and the 2019 Packers is 88. 88. Right now, we're at 81. In other words, the the difference in the quality of the two teams, if you use point differential, when you're talking about the -the on-the-road Green Bay Packers in 2019 and the at-home San Francisco 49ers was an 88 overall differential, the difference between us and them is 81. They're walking in to an absolute ambush, and I don't think anybody sees it, because I think what people see is generally what are the Packers, generally what are the 49ers. Now, again, remember, the 49ers have been picking up a little bit of steam down the stretch here. They won two games on the road, but neither of them were convincing. They beat the Rams uh, on the road in overtime by three points. And again, they they just beat Dallas by six points and barely. And that was with Dallas completely imploding in on themselves. And remember, this is one of the best at-home football teams um, in the last several years. Over the last three years, the Green Bay Packers rank third in terms of how good they are when they play at home, winning on an average of by, by an average of 14 points per game. I think that's pretty big. Anyways, I'm kind of in a weird spot here. Um, I don't think I want to take a break and continue on. So I think I'm just going to go ahead and clip it off here. And so kind of a weird, awkward thing that I don't want you to forget. Please check out Modern Frontier Farms. A little bit of a backstory, by the way, I don't know if he really wanted this mentioned or not, but um, Adam, who runs Modern Frontier Farms, actually was recently laid off from his job. Not fired, he was laid off. He's a hardworking guy, no question. But um, when trying to contemplate what to do moving forward, you know, finding a new job, et cetera, et cetera, they decided to lean into um, essentially their their farm and the, the businesses that they have there, which have been kind of just side businesses, which they're now saying, let's see if we can make this a full-time living. And so not only are you getting, you know, high quality meat, local, grass-fed, you know, high quality meat, but um, you're you're simultaneously helping a guy who's kind of going through a tough time, but at the exact same time, helping him to fulfill his dream. And that's that's something that I love helping people do because that's what I've been doing here every day for like four years trying to reach a goal, trying to attain this dream. And for me, it's probably going to be, I don't know, 10 years if ever, probably never. And that sucks, but that's just the nature of, of what it is. But I definitely want to see other people be able to to reach that, to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to lean in as hard as I can. I'm gonna, I'm going to burn the boats and we're going to give this our best shot. And we're going to work really hard to make a really high quality business and make a long-time, lifelong dream come true. And um, I really, really want that for him. And so if you're interested, if you're in the market, um, and and feel free to reach out to him. Um, Again, this is kind of a, a, I don't want to say spur of the moment, but I don't think he was expecting to lean in this hard this fast. So if, if you have any questions for him, you could always reach out. They've got a contact us thing. You can reach out on Instagram, um, a modern frontier, all these different things. Just reach out. Just say, hey, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm looking for. How can you help me? Can you help me? Do you deliver out here? All that kind of stuff. Um, and I know he'd be willing to work with you and try to figure something out. So again, if, if you're interested in that, this is actually my first time ever buying. Um, I've always wanted to get like a quarter cow or, or whatever. But um, I've never actually done it because of the price and everything else. He actually offers up an eighth of a cow, which is something I've never seen before, which is what I got. It's significantly cheaper, so it made it easier. Plus, I don't have the biggest freezer in the world, and it's already half full of, of other stuff, pizza and, and my other meat that I have to make and everything else. So this this gave me a lot of flexibility and the ability to say, you know what, I'm actually going to do it. He's also just got, like, ground beef in bulk. You know, you can get a dozen pounds of ground beef, which I absolutely would utilize. I rip through so much ground beef, it's stupid. So anyways, please just give it a... a, a, a a look. Again, that's amodernfrontier.com. You can check him out on Instagram at amodernfrontier. Again, just kind of getting a general idea of, uh, he kind of shows everything behind the scenes on there, which is pretty cool. Even more behind the scenes. I've actually known Adam for a very, very long time. So it's another reason why I really am rooting for him and hoping that uh, he can get this going. I met Adam like right out of high school when I moved to Wisconsin, got a landscaping job. And he was uh, he was sort of the go-to guy over there. Very handy, very, you know, you know the types. They work hard. They know what they're doing. So anyways, check that out. Don't forget about Drew. You can check out his GoFundMe. That is over on Twitter. Otherwise, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I'm going to continue to dig in to find some more nuggets of information. Uh, I do want to dig in a little bit more in terms of the differences between uh, the Packers and 49ers then compared to now. I don't really have a ton of time to do that today. Also, I've asked, I've solicited your Patreon question, so we'll have to get to that hopefully tomorrow. But again, we're going to cut it off here today because we're just running a little bit long as it is. And I don't want to, I don't really have time right now to take a break. So have a great day and I will talk to you tomorrow.